Amen. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for being here for our early service this morning. And don't forget, if it's your first time, first time in a long time, grab that connection card that she was talking about earlier. That's a big deal to us. It helps us connect with you. And today, I want to jump right into what God has for us. And, you know, we're in a series where we're talking about giants. Not the kind of giants like the Goliaths in your life. I'm talking about giants of faith. What can we learn from great men and women in Scripture that can teach us to face our stuff, right? We need that. And I want to help you with that. Last week, we talked about Noah. And this week, I want to take you to another great person. And before I do the big reveal, let me ask you this. Have you ever felt like you're not enough for what God places you into? Have you ever felt like, you know, I can't do the great things for faith, for the kingdom of God, because I'm not educated enough. I'm not gifted enough. I, I don't have that talent. I don't have the resources. Uh, or I have kind of a terrible past, and God can't use my brokenness. Anybody ever felt that way? Okay, there's just a couple of you. The rest of you were just perfect and never had any issues whatsoever. So that's awesome too. No, uh, there's a guy in the Bible that I think most of us can relate to, and his name is Moses. You know, we read about Moses all through the great the Exodus scriptures. We, we read through all those things, and it's like all these miracles followed this guy, right? But they almost didn't happen. His life could have taken a different trajectory based on some choices that he made along the way. So today, I want to look at this idea of what advice would Moses give us today. So if you would, stand to your feet. We're going to read the scriptures together. And we're going to open up into Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to look at verse 1 before we pray. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Remember the translation we used last week says throw aside. There's more of a, a violent action to this. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We have work to do and you've been called to this. Let's pray. Father, today we thank you for speaking to us through your word. We thank you for the beauty of your word and the importance of it. May it be our guide in everything that we do. And Lord, I pray that today as we sow the seed of your word, that God, as we always pray, we speak that it would bring a harvest back into the lives of those who receive it. And Lord, I pray this as always, convict our hearts. Convict our hearts, God. We all have things in our lives that sometimes we don't want to bring to the surface. But Father, today I pray that the light of your presence would expose the darkness that we try to hide. We want to be better, Father. So touch us, convict our hearts, that when we leave our time together today, we would be changed 
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. So I love this concept and the way the scripture lays this out and says that such a great cloud of witnesses. You know, uh, many of us have had loved ones that have passed on. And, you know, for me, both of my parents uh, have gone to be with Jesus and, and all those things. And I know there's some theological uh, uh, things out there that, you know, say, well, that's not really what it means. And I just say, well, stop it. I like it. I like thinking of it like that, that that's there. So, but when we talk about this great cloud of witnesses, it's talking about giants of faith. The people who have done amazing things in the midst of difficult circumstances. Can I tell you something? You'll never do anything great as long as you're satisfied with normal. As long as you're satisfied with the status quo, with the way my life is, the way life's going, the, the, the depth of my marriage, the passion in my life, my deepness with my walk with God, as long as you're satisfied with where it's at, you're never going to accomplish great things. And that's why these people of faith are so important for us because the truth is they're just people like us. But yet they faced obstacles that, I'll be honest, were seemingly impossible to overcome. And, and I love this. So in Exodus is where we find this. Obviously, Exodus, we see about Moses. And in chapter 3, we're just going to read a few verses. In verse 1, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw, this is really important, I want you to hear this part. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, Boy, that's powerful for you to understand. We'll get to it. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. You want to talk about some things that we can learn from Moses. Wow, I'm going to give you some quick ideas today that I, I took from these scriptures. But let me just give you a little background on Moses that maybe some of you don't know. Moses was protected by his parents. You know, you read the story, he put in a basket when the king was, uh, the Pharaoh was just killing all the firstborn, all the male children, all that. And, and his parents hid him and put him in the the river, and the river ended up taking, we know who really did it, but into the place where one of Pharaoh's family found him and basically adopted him into their family. So here we have a Hebrew who were slaves in this culture, and here he is being raised basically in the king's home with all the rights that a, a prince would have. So now we find this life of Wow, everything is good. I've got a great life. I've got all this stuff, but yet something isn't clicking. And it's this. God had a destiny for Moses, just like he's got a destiny for you. 
And even when things don't seem like they're lining out like you thought they would, you have to remember, God's got a plan, you've got to trust him. He's going to work it out. But the one thing I love about this passage is when he sees the burning bush. And I don't know about you, there might be that part of you that says, you know what, I ain't having nothing to do with that. Let's go to the other side. You know, it's like I'm getting away from that. But yet Moses said, I'm going to pay attention to this. So it says he turned, instead of turning away, he turned to. And then what I love is that passage where it says, then Jesus saw that he had turned aside, that he had turned to the flame. In other words, what I think is so powerful about this is when we're confronted with things we don't understand, with a culture that we can't understand why it's turned its back on God at such a level, when we begin to see the spiritual attacks on our families and in our lives and we're going, I just don't understand this. Well, I wanna challenge you to learn from Moses. It is don't turn away from what you're confronted with, but turn to it. Because here's what you need to understand. The choice that you make will define what tomorrow looks like. The choice of whether you turn aside and just try to live with mediocre or do those things will decide whether or not you walk in the full anointing that God has for you in your life. It comes down to these simple choices in life. And every one of us will be confronted with our burning bush at some point. And the question is, how will we deal with it? What will we do with it? And I think this is so interesting. So what can we learn? If we were to say, what would Moses tell us after all his years of following God and obeying him through the difficulties of life? I think he would say this. You need to abandon safe. You need to abandon the safe life and live by faith. We need to learn to live by faith. You know, and I think that's a challenge for a lot of us because, you know, we've grown up in the United States of America. We grew up in such blessing and all these things. And, it's, you know, and then now we face some of the situations that we look at and it, we're, we don't recognize it sometimes, the blessing that we've walked in. But yet what I want to tell you is many of us, and I would say the American church is like this, we're at a burning bush moment. And we, we can either turn aside to it or we can walk away from it. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If the church, and that means you, if the church is going to be the church that Jesus is coming back for, then we cannot afford to look away. We have to turn toward it and say, God, use me. I need somebody to wake up this morning. I know, but it's, I just want you to understand the importance of what we're looking at the importance of the choices that we're making. So here's a few things that, that I pulled out of Scripture for you in this. When we live safe, we'll find ourselves trapped in the past. When you're living safe, you'll find yourself trapped in the past. You say, well, what are you talking about? Moses was, had quite a background. He went out one day and saw all these different things happening and didn't understand everything, but he saw what was happening to his people, didn't like it, made some choices, and ended up killing a man, and then ran for his life. So here was a murderer, a guy who was high up 
had everything life wanted to have, but when he saw it, he had this deep conviction of what was happening to his people, and then he made a mistake, killed a guy, and took off. So what I want you to understand is there's always a choice. We all make mistakes. We all have failures in our past. But did you know that God can still use it? God will still use you in those moments. Isaiah chapter 43 says it this way, do not remember the former things. Don't remember those things or consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Living safe will keep you trapped in the past, owning the stuff that you were supposed to have given to God a long time ago. And so many of us, we could spend the entire morning simply talking about this piece. Because too many of us let the decisions of yesterday, the failures of yesterday, control who we are. And I'm telling you right now, when you receive Christ, when you repent of your sin, he wipes it away. It's like you get to start over and God says, no, no, that's not what I see anymore. So don't let that define you. Be who I created you to be. So living safe will keep you trapped in the past. Here's another one. Living safe will keep you blind to reality. When you, when you value your comfort more than you value the calling, you're going to find yourself struggling in so many situations, but it'll keep you blind. The Bible calls it having your consciousness seared. In other words, I hear this all the time. I see people who are confessing Christ. They're walking, I know they love Christ, but yet they're tolerating things in their life that just astonish me. They're watching things that they shouldn't be watching. They're doing things. They're having conversations. They're allowing things into their homes. All these different things. I'm telling you, as a believer, what happens is we sear the conscience of our heart and of our mind. And all of a sudden, what we find is now we're blind to reality. Here's a great example. How many of you have kids, right? Kids, okay. Or this is even better. Step up here. How many of you have dogs? Yeah, dogs. I know there's no comparison. That's not what I'm trying to do. But, but, you know, dogs in the house. You know, have you ever noticed something? That if you don't have dogs, and I'm talking to the non-dog owners, when you go to a dog owner's house with a dog in the house, do you ever notice anything? There's just a smell. There's, I've got a dog, I tell you, but there's a smell. And you know, and yet, but the owner is going, there's no smell. I've taken care of that. There is no smell in my house. I don't smell. You know why? Because you've gone smell blind. <laughs> right? It's just the truth. It's just the truth. You know, I, we have dogs in our house, but then Michaela will bring Millie over, her little Australian shepherd, and when he comes over and, or she comes over and she runs out in the yard, she can be outside for three minutes. She comes back in the house and we're all going, whoop, because it's awful. And Michaela's going, what's wrong? And I'm going, what is wrong with you? You smell blind. But we can also be blind to reality. And when you live with something long enough, you don't notice it anymore. So what I want to tell you, you can live with sin long enough that you don't recognize it as sin anymore. That's the problem with the American church. We, we equate holiness to living a lifestyle that, oh, I can't achieve that. We're not going to talk about that. But the problem is we've lived with sin so long, we've decided to put holy off on another box because it's unachievable. I'm trying to tell you that God wants to break your box. He wants to walk you into that place, but you can't turn away from this burning bush. You 
you have to turn to it. We need to realize that. So living safe will keep you blind to reality, just like Moses. Moses grew up and apparently had never really had the full impact of what was happening to his people until one day. It's kind of like, if you think about it, that was another burning bush moment. That realization of what was happening. How about this? Living safe will keep you afraid of greater days. You know why? Because we look at greater days and we think, I'm not worthy of that. God can't use me like that. God can't bless me like that. Pastor, don't you know who I am? Here's the thing. I I know who you are. You're a child of the living God. I know who you are. You are covered with his righteousness. I know who you are. The Bible says you're an heir to the promise. I know who you are. The Bible says you're an overcomer, that you're victorious, that you're well able. I love what Caleb said in the Old Testament when everybody was saying, don't do this. Don't go up against this challenge in front of us. And I love when Caleb says, we are well able to take what God's given us. That's who I see when I look at the church, when I look at the people of God but we have to learn to see ourselves that way because the greatest battle that you'll have is not how other people see you. It's how you see yourself. You see, Moses went through this whole process and had to learn to see himself. As a matter of fact, you say, no, he did great things. What are you talking about? Exodus chapter four, verse 13 says it. He he actually asked God this. We're talking about a burning bush. God's speaking through a burning bush. And Moses looks at it and says, oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. Because theologians and historians will tell you that Moses apparently had a speaking issue. He stuttered. And now God's calling him to go stand in front of Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, you've got to set my people free. And he doesn't want to do it. He's looking at that. How can I do that? How can I be that person? I'm telling you, if you'll confront the things in front of you, if you'll own who you are, if you'll learn instead of turning away from the challenges and you'll step in and confront the challenges and say, I know who I am. I am strong enough. I am good enough. I am more than what you think I am. I know who I am. When you can take on that mindset, it changes everything and you can say, I'm no longer gonna be afraid of greater days in my life. People say this all the time. Pastor, the church of America will never be what it once was. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. No, the church is going to be greater than it ever was. Why? Because this is our moment. The church is facing a burning bush moment. The question is, will we turn away or will we turn to? I think that's a powerful thought. So those are the things that we can look at, but let me give you the other side of this. What are the things that Moses could encourage us? I love encouragement. I love getting to do that. I love, to, I love seeing somebody when we're having a conversation and all of a sudden the lights come on and all of a sudden you can tell they feel like they can conquer everything. You know, I love those moments. And I believe that's what Moses would want us to hear today. So what would his words of encouragement be? I think they'd be all about faith. I think it'd be this. He says, to live by faith, see that God is already at work in you. If you want to live by faith, understand that God's already setting you up for what he has for you. Moses didn't even know what was going on. He was a baby floating in a basket. 
But yet God was already at work lining things up for his destiny to take place. You may not understand the challenge that you're going through, but God does. So we have to realize that he's already at work in you. Here's another one. To live by faith, refuse to be defined by anything other than God. Don't let the world define you. The world defined Moses as a prince of Egypt. But yet that was not who he was. He was part of the chosen. He was part of the Hebrew nation. This is who he was. And yet the world would try to define him. You know what else the world will do? The world will try to define you as weak. The world might try to define you as bigoted, haters, they may try to define you as all these different things, but you've got to say, I'm not going to be defined by anything else other than who and what God says I am. What I can do is what God says I can do, and I have to refuse to be defined by anything else but God. The story goes on, and for sake of time, I'll skip the actual scripture reading, but Hebrews 11, verses 24 through 27, Moses made a choice in that moment, to sacrifice his life of luxury, his life of comfort and stature. And he took on the affliction of his people. There comes a place in every one of our lives that we have to own this, that we have a responsibility to this generation that's coming up behind us. And I am sick to death of people being so cowardly that we don't own up to the mistakes that we made, that we allowed to take place, and now we wanna sit back and we pray that somebody else will stand up and do what we're supposed to do. I'm telling you something, that we have to take on the affliction of that generation so that we can own it and we can be used by God to be the repairers of the breach. So when we look at that, I just think it, people, I know somebody said, Pastor, I thought you'd tell some funny stories today. Oh, I'm laughing on the inside. But we have work to do. And I'm tired of seeing people get beaten up by the enemy. All because they don't recognize what's happening. I don't want you to be blind to reality. I, I don't want you to be trapped in your past. I don't want you to be afraid of the great things that God has for you. And I don't think Moses would other either. So to live by faith, refuse to be defined by anything but God. I know some of you have made some terrible mistakes in your lives. I know that you've hurt people. I know that you've said things that you wish had never came out of your mouth. I know that there are actions that you took that were contrary to the word of God. But in that amazing moment, when we realize the depth of our sin and we come to a savior who says, I am your redeemer, let me take it away. Let me restore who you really are. Let me take away the stains of your past, the stains of your sin, and let me help you see the beauty of who I created you to be so that you can have your burning bush moment, so that you can be who God called you to be. Which brings up the last encouragement that I want to talk about today is living by faith, 
when you learn to live by faith, it impacts the people around you. And we need some impactful people. People that will live who they are, even when the world says you're crazy. That will believe with eyes of faith and hearts of, of just power that will look at the situation and instead of getting afraid, will begin to declare the word of God like the songs that we sang in worship today is no matter what it looks like, I speak the name of Jesus. Come on, have you ever walked into a situation you didn't know what to say and you're just hopeless in your own heart and you don't know what else to say and the only thing that comes to mind is this, I speak Jesus, I speak Jesus. Sometimes, you know, it's like, have you ever been in a car like a, a near accident? You know, that's when you know if you're really saved or not. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, we were traveling, and I'll never forget this. This was uh, just this year, and we were traveling, and we're, I, can't believe, I can't remember what we were doing, but we were driving down the interstate, and, uh, and I don't know how, if you understand how these new cars work, but it's like, I'm telling you, they just take over, right? It'll scare you to death, you, but you need to be aware of it, I'm going to tell you. So we're driving down, and thank God for it. We're driving down and, and I'm watching this car in front of me and I'm going, don't go, don't do it, don't do it. Because there was a semi and you could tell, you know, when you're watching, you can tell it's like, okay, there's a slower semi up here. He's going to want to get over because he's trucking pretty good. He's going to want to get over. But this little sedan in front of us either was trying to play chicken with him, which please don't do that, but, you know, or, or something, but decided I have the right to this road. Don't, don't get in my way or whatever that was. So they went in and there's a certain spot on those trucks where they can't see very clearly. And so here we are. The next thing I know is the trucks coming over. The little car in front of us is turning sideways and sliding and we're right there. And the next thing I know the drink that I had in my hand, thank God it was water, went all up my windshield, all over my new car, dash everywhere. I mean, that's, that's when you know, like, I didn't, even, I didn't even say a bad word. You know, my whole car, you know what they shouted? Jesus! And it wasn't the, it wasn't the slang Jesus. It was, we needed Jesus. But I'll never forget, it was like I took my hands off the wheel because something else was happening. Now, I know now what, what it was. It was the accident, whatever, the, the crash collision, all those things, because it got so, we got so close to that that it took over and pulled us away. And what I've learned in that is as frustrating as it was, because I wasn't in control, the fact that I surrendered that control in that moment saved my family. See, my point in telling you that story is this. When you live by faith, it impacts others around you. Learn to trust Jesus. Learn to speak Jesus over every situation, in your anger, in all those things, and trust that he is well able to empower you so that you are well able to do what he's called you to do. It's time. It's time for you to stop turning away from your burning bush moment. And to say, you know what, I'm going to face it because just like Moses, God's watching. He's watching for you to turn to it because when you do, he's going to make some things clear. It doesn't take away all the challenges, but it puts you on the path to your destiny. 
your life can look a lot different in a very short amount of time if you'll make the right choice. We have work to do, and God has anointed you for this season. I believe the greater things, I still, I speak it every day. Every time I pray, God, I pray that you'll pour out your spirit on our community. Pour your spirit out upon Tennessee. Pour it out upon our state. Pour it into our church, God. I, I pray that even when they sit down and people that come to our prayer know, I pray every time, it's like, God, when they come into this building, let them know the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let them know that our, when they're walking through the door, you're already breaking off chains that they didn't even realize. They don't even know what's going on. If you walk in that building and you, and you came in, Maybe it's your first time and you said, man, there's something different here. It's the anointing and it's the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer is that there is coming a time that every service is going to be capacity. Why? Not because we want to be a big church. No, because there are people out there that need to understand that God wants to break the chains off of their lives. They can walk in freedom and they can have a destiny. They can walk in that freedom. They can be healed. Their marriages can be restored. They can walk without the anxiety that they were talking about in worship today. They can walk free of that in Jesus' name. And you say, Pastor, why would you even talk like that? We don't need stuff like that. Oh, but we do. So don't be afraid to see greater. See who God says you are, not who the world says you are.